One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and prep and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. What is up, Rush Nation? Welcome back to another week of Monday Night Takeover. I am your host, Ash, and this week I am joined by a special guest. We've got Jack from Browns Daily. Hello, Jack. Hi. So, yeah, great to join you. Um, I think I last on the podcast, it was the Christmas edition, um, I think was the last time I appeared. But uh, no, really enjoy the work, all of you guys do. Um, so no, happy to join you from the Paul Brown daily podcast. So yeah, we seven days a week, occasionally six recently, but pumping out Brown's content. Uh, loads of great stuff, loads of great guests. Um, we're having a while of the time. Oh, it is very good to have you on. I appreciate you are our first non-five-yard guest of the Monday Night Takeover. So, historic, historic night for us. <laughs> I'm always up for a takeover. <laughs> yeah, same. We're loving it so far. Obviously, Lee's still on holiday in Miami, so Rich is unavailable. But like I say, we've asked the Jack in, and I reckon we'll have a, a great night. Right, so we will kick things off with the first game, and I think it's only fair to start with the Patriots Redskins after the news we've had today. Um, I'm sure most of you have seen it all over social media, but Jay Gruden of the Redskins has in fact been fired. Um, rather surprisingly, though, Bruce Allen hasn't been fired, which a lot of people have been calling for him to be let go as well. So I think everybody, even from the sounds of it, Gruden saw it coming. Um, it's, yeah, it's not much of a surprise for anybody. What you have any thoughts on it? On the- yeah, the person that really should have got fired was Dan Snyder, the owner. Um, Apparently, uh, Gruden wasn't on the same page with the Haskins pick. Um, I thought Haskins showed some promise when played the Browns in preseason, but uh, that is a dysfunctionally run organisation. Um, they need to do something drastic because, yeah, it, it's grim. It is, yeah, and they are well on track for the number one pick at the moment. And uh, sort of this season is just a let's get through it and restart again in the off season. I think they've obviously uh, got an interim manager interim head coach in at the moment I suspect they'll probably keep him in to the end of the year just to try and get some sort of stability back but um, it'll be interesting to see who they go for because I've already seen quite a few names touted including for some reason Mike Tomlin but I mean that might not necessarily be a bad thing for my Steelers but yeah I don't know it'll be interesting to see who takes that job it's not the nicest one to have I mean they've got some good key pieces but they are uh, they seem to be lacking in certain areas and like you say yeah, Dan Schneider uh it doesn't have the backing of a lot of people there at the moment either. So yeah, I, I wouldn't want that job. No. It's uh, it's, it's going to be one that they just take a punt on someone. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's not working and change is needed, but uh, it's not the right change for the franchise. I feel sorry for the fan base. Yeah, so do I. Um, moving on to the game, obviously the Patriots walked away quite comfortably this one, 33-7. Um, they, we all expected them to do that. They, they granted they did start quite slowly out of the gate and uh, the Redskins sort of held them for as long as they could, but that team, led by Colt McCoy, their third quarterback of the season already. Um, you mentioned Haskins earlier. I think, personally, I think it was good that they didn't start him today. He, I'm an Ohio State fan, so I watched him a lot last year, but he is a one-year starter in college and he did look lost at times. I think he will be a good talent. I think he'll be a capable quarterback in the future, but I think they made the right choice dropping him back and sort of putting it back on Colton. Hopefully they, they maintain Colton Keenan throughout the year now, especially with the interim manager in. There shouldn't be as much pressure to start Haskins. Yeah, it's, it's one that uh, uh, Trey Quinn has shown a little bit of promise, but never really clicked it. I think it's a year just to blow it up if you've got mm. any Redskins players. Um, nothing's looking good. I picked up Peterson earlier in the season. That's not looking good. Um, I would say just just get out of it. Um, maybe um, his surname's against me. McLaurin. McLaurin. Yeah. Um, Mr. F1. Um, yeah, he's the only one that you could potentially go with. But if they do flip over to uh, Haskins, which I'd be shocked if that's not the move, considering it was Snyder's pick. Yeah, it it's going to stink. Yeah, it will indeed. I think that well, they had eleven total first downs yesterday, so they're, they're just like I say, a write off for the year. Don't don't rely on any of them um, unless McLaurin starts showing you a bit of what he did in the early of the season. But even he's a really risky play. Good good ceiling, but really low floor in this offense. Quick one on the Patriots side. Brady looked good. Finished the day with 348, three touchdowns and an interception. He didn't really have to work too hard for it. Um, the Redskins defense gave him a bit of challenge to start with, but they were just on the field for too long. And sort of the, the Patriots just drilled them down and they couldn't maintain the, the play they showed early doors. Um, and the only other real standout for me, uh, Sony Michelle got over 100 yards from scrimmage, which was good to see. Um, and Julian Edelman finished on 110 yards and a touchdown. But I don't think there's much to delve in in this game. We all were expecting it, and it was no real surprise to anybody, to be honest. Um, So we will move on to the next game, uh, which is the Jaguars versus the Panthers. So if you want to kick us off on that one, Jack. Yeah, it was one I was uh, solidly excited about. I bet the over because uh, it was ridiculously low at something like 41, so it was always going to get outscored that. Um, Gardner Minshew um, threw some big passes and still remains a sort of a risky play, but uh, it was 27-34 with it going to overtime. Yeah, it was a, uh, a game that kept you on your toes and especially where the schedule was set up with not many late games, it was the one they were all following um, at the start of the uh, second period. Um, Lennon Fournette had a day, looks like he's back enjoying himself, over 100 yards and a TD. Um, DJ Shark remains just a, you sit there on the edge of your seat every game if you play him, but he continues to deliver eight receptions, 164 yards and two TDs. So me being me benched him in all the leagues I have him, um, which, hey, he's going to shock me. Didi Westbrook is getting a lot of targets. He produced 82 yards, but it's uh, a bit of a risky play. Gardner Minshew, three lost fumbles, though. Um, the Carolina's 34 points is a bit of a myth. Um, lots of it came through the defense. It was not a good offensive display at all. So I'd still be wary of everything on the Carolina's offense other than the running back goat. And that man is Christian McCaffrey. 19 rushes, 176 yards and two TDs. And then six receptions, 61 yards on one TD. The guy is just mustard. Um, he was my RB1 coming into the season and he has delivered in every format. Um, I have him in both my uh, dynasty leagues and I love the fact that I have him. Um, DJ Moore also had a day with uh, 91 yards. So a solid play if you need that sort of deeper flex wide receiver or something there. Um, I am still against really playing any of the Carolina guys. It's risky with no Cam Newton. Um, who knows when he'll be back. And Jakey was Gardner Minshew if you need to. Leonard Fournette's showing, but then, uh, yeah, DJ Shark is a play. Um, for these guys, 
Carolina don't buy into the 34 points, though. It was the defensive display, um, not really anything other than uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I agree. McCaffrey's one of the only real standouts for that offence at the moment. Carl Allen's doing a reasonable job. Um, obviously, he had a dip last week, which is expected from the sort of player he was. He didn't have the best of days today, but it's all about McCaffrey at the end of the day, and most people should know that. Um, Minshew... I prefer him in real life than I do in fantasy. He is exciting, but like you said from the fumbles, I mean, he's a rookie. He's a he's always going to make those those little mistakes, but you do enjoy watching him. He is a good he's a good he's got good talent. It'll be interesting when Nick Foles comes back because obviously he is rumored to be back in the regular season. They're going to have a tough decision to make, I think. Um, an interesting stat that come up on Sleeper about an hour before, well, not even an hour, actually, about 20 minutes before we started, was that quarterbacks with 16 or more fantasy points in each of their first five games. There's only three of them so far. Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, which is also a surprising one, and Gardner Minshew. So for fantasy purposes, he may not be the most talked about quarterback, but he's doing the job so far. And with all the injuries that people have been having, you can do much, you can do a lot worse than him. I called him a first-round draft pick in the uh, draft cycle. Um, I don't know if it's because I just love the guy so much or uh, I actually saw the talent. No, I, I just loved him. Um, <laughs> he was cracking jokes at the uh, combine about stage diving. But, um, yeah, he, he's a uh, fantastic pickup. One of the fumbles I saw was just the ball hit someone's uh, arm as he was shifting in the pocket. So these mistakes happen. But, uh, no, a solid player if you need him. And there's quarterback injuries there. So uh, I wouldn't risk picking up Foles unless you really, really have to. I, I think the trade might be on in the off-season if you don't go during the season. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, they put a lot of money into him and I'm sure if they well, if they continue to be impressed with Minshew, they're right, there will be that discussion to have with the uh, with Foles. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think the only other Tokyo on this is, for me is Fournette continues to impress. Obviously, yeah, he's had a slight dip in one of the games early season, but he's, he's looking like that first round talent that they picked up a couple of years ago. And hopefully he's got over this little injury bug he had and he continued to impress the way he has done so far. And I mean, Armstead's a nice little backup, but really, uh, unless they're blowing a team out, he doesn't have much uh, much to do. Um, Fournette's getting everything. 23 carries on the day says it all, really. So, um, But if there's nothing else on that game, we're, we're good to move on. Yeah, I'd say if you're in a deep league, it's always worth stashing uh, Fournette's back up because the guy never plays 16 games. So, uh, yeah, if, if you've got a deep league, then uh, consider giving him a go. Yeah, 100%, definitely. And make sure he's picked up in Dynasty. I can't imagine he's not, but if he is out there, pick him up 100%. We will move on to the next game, which is back to myself, and it is the Cardinals versus the Bengals. Uh, Cardinals won this one 26-23 with a last-second Zane Gonzalez field goal. Uh, this was mainly a game of field goals to be honest I mean um, Zingo Gonzalez had four out of five and I cannot for the life of me remember the Bengals kicker's name no it's gone uh, Matt, uh, Bullock Randy Bullock had three out of three um, but Murray's looking a lot more confident than he did do early season I mean his stats still don't jump off the page from a passing perspective he finished day on 253 yards uh, no touchdowns no interceptions uh, but he did have 93 rushing yards and a touchdown um, he looked a lot more confident. Uh, granted, he was still escaping the pocket a lot of the time, but he looked a lot more confident running with the ball. Whereas I think, uh, from my point of view, early season, he just looked, as soon as he got out of the pocket, which was one of his strengths in college, he was just surrounded and he looked lost and not know what to do. But his, his touchdown run was a, a, a good piece of play, uh, again, from, from a, a broken play. Um, and yeah, he's he's slowly improving. Um, it's difficult for him to impress too much on this offense at the moment. Uh, the O line is is weak. Fence is missing a couple of key players. I mean, they'll get Patrick back. I think Patrick back was back this week. But once he's back up to speed, hopefully they'll improve a little bit and just give give a bit more life on that defense. But the offense is sort of they're not going to do amazing things with that O line in front of Murray. Um, David Johnson. Had a good day. He got uh, 146 yards of scrimmage. Didn't get a touchdown, but it's good to see him get the workload back. Not too much really to take away apart from that. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald continues to do what he does. Another game of 58 yards. Um, but I mean, barring, I said about Murray's um, fantasy production. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's still a risky play. 
Um, what, what are your thoughts so far on the Cardinals this season, Jack? They're ones to stash in Dynasty for me. Um, you've, you've got David Johnson. You've got Kyler Murray, who plays this year. Everyone else is stashes for the future. There's no one else that I would uh, play this year. Um, yeah, for me, don't don't really touch them. Um, yeah, they're dynasty stashes because it is going to be an incredibly exciting offense down the road. Um, so stash them, guys, in seasonal leagues. Don't touch. No, agreed. Larry Fitzgerald is good as a low-end wide receiver in PPR redraft leagues, but no, no more than a third, fourth wide receiver if you need him to be. Um, moving on to the Bengals, though. I don't know what to make of this team. I mean, they're 0-5 and they are they are not looking great, but they still seem to be getting getting tight games, apart from, obviously, the uh, Steelers game last week, which I was, was quite glad to see. But, yeah, I mean, I... They're not good, but I don't think they should be one of the 0-5 teams. I mean, they could probably Dalton could feel a bit hard done by. He's looked he's looked pretty good this year so far. They they're relying on him a lot more in the passing game, which I find quite surprising. Uh, two hundred sixty-two yards and two touchdowns today. But yeah, I mean, they're going to struggle a lot this season. They're in a very difficult division, as we can both attest to, with uh, our teams being in there and obviously the Ravens being in there as well so it's always going to be a struggle when you've got to place those those three teams twice but I think then they'll they'll get a couple of wins under the belt I reckon um I'm a bit concerned about their run game to be honest I mean Joe Mixon did get 93 yards today and he he had 19 attempts so it's good to see he's back from his injury but they're they're the 28th they're heading into this game they're 28th team in rushing they just seem to be lacking that that cutting edge. I mean, I don't think Mixon scored a touchdown. I may be wrong, but I can't remember him running in a touchdown yet this season. Yeah, the the O line is just that bad. It's um, there's players they were re-signing the off season that just wouldn't get into sort of most teams, sort of eight or nine O linemen, and they're signing them to be starters. So it's going to hurt Dalton. It's going to hurt uh, Mixon. Tyler Boyd continues to just produce with 123 yards and one TD. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one to avoid. And if you sat there on sort of an AJ Green, it might be worth flipping him. Um, and Mixon as well. If you've got him, it's not going to be a one-season fix this year to get him back firing. If you can get a good sort of deal in Dynasty, it might be time to move Mixon. Yeah, I just uh, I don't trust that Cincinnati team. Um, Tyler Boyd's obviously a solid one who's going to produce, but if AJ Green's back as well, does that just sort of half his production? Um, there is that fear. So uh, I would say, yeah, it's one to uh, avoid. Um, Mixon is he's good, but the O line in front of him is just murdering him. Yeah, and uh, I was just looking at his stats there, and he he's had a uh, receiving touchdown, no rushing, but he's tough to rely on him, even with people who paid a first, second round pick on him. Um, they're gonna be playing him, unfortunately for them. Um, but it's just it's just difficult to to trust him at the moment. But we will uh, we will move on to the next game, which was much more exciting: uh, the Falcons versus Texans. Take it away. So uh, Atlanta thirty-two, Houston Texans fifty-three. It was an absolute uh, points fest. Um, neither team has anything of note on defense, and it really showed. Um, Houston's obviously got a pass rush, but that's about it. Um, so Matt Ryan, 330 yards, three TDs and one interception. Um, he was lighting up back of old. No rushing game again, which was a surprise. Devontae Freeman in the rushing game, 30 yards off 11 attempts. It was uh, grim. He, he got more in the air with five receptions for 40 yards. So, um, yeah, it's a risky one. And it was all spread around, which isn't what you want as a uh, fantasy fan. Um, There was five players with five receptions or more. Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, Ito Smith, Mohamed Sanu, Devontae Freeman. Jones only got three receptions. Um, Seven targets, though. So uh, that was a surprise. But um, Calvin Ridley got the uh, TD there, uh, Mohamed Sanu and Devontae Freeman. So it's a uh, risky old game um, playing them. So, yeah, in terms of the Falcons, anything could happen every week. Um, they racked up the points this week, but they have been all over the shop 
So it's a risky old game. Yeah, they're, they're difficult to trust at the moment. I think all of them are. I mean, Julio Jones, like two weeks in a row now, has had a poor showing. And it's just, I don't quite understand what's happening there. I mean, Matt Ryan looked shaky to start the year, but he has improved a lot over the last few games. He's keeping them in games. And they've got a lot of uh, passing weapons. But, yeah, you just don't know who to trust each week. I mean, Austin Hooper seems to be most reliable one at the moment from a fantasy perspective that is yeah it's Hooper and Freeman for me and Freeman I'm only playing because he more of what he's can do in the receiving game rather than the rushing game because he is a good receiver and yeah he picks up a TD and suddenly he's got great numbers so um yeah it's a risky old game um steer steer away um if you can but uh that seems to be a theme going for most yeah. of these games <laughs> does at the moment yeah uh, if we flip to the Texans, this was nuts. Um, so we have seen the massive amount of sort of everyone saying on the buy low, get Will Fuller, get Will Fuller. And this was the game. He well and truly um, smashed it apart. Um, three TDs, 217 yards. He caught 14 of 16 targets. If you had Will Fuller, you had an absolute day. I think in PPR, I think I had him over 50 points. Um, it was insane. Um, and yeah, I, I flipped him in at the last second. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I definitely enjoyed that one. Hopkins still coming away with a solid 88 yards. Kiki Kuti, 72. So um, no, the numbers are there. Running backs is again, it's Messi, Carlos Hyde, um, Three-point specialist, uh, sorry, three-yard specialist, as Browns fans know. 21 attempts, 60 yards, one TD. Uh, Duke Johnson, the most underused and fantastic rusher in the league, with nine attempts, 59 yards. Um, So it's a questionable one on their run game, but Deshaun Watson absolutely lit it up, and Will Fuller ate all day. And um, keep an eye on it. I think it, it could easily be repeated for a little while just because this sort of availability has been there all of this season. Um, they just haven't connected. So it might not be quite these numbers, but he's definitely back in the mix for a play every week. Yeah, definitely. I think he must, Deshaun Watson must have been buzzing after that game. Obviously, he's a Georgia na- native and he, he was at one time ball boy for the Texans, which I, I read uh, on Twitter earlier today. So, yeah, he must have been buzzing after that game. Um, Kiki QT, I had a lot of, I had a lot of hope for him in the off season, obviously before the injury. Um, but even with Kenny Stills out, he he still just doesn't seem to be getting anything done. I mean, he's only he he was only on for forty four percent of the snaps, but that I mean that that says it all. When Will Fuller was on ninety nine percent of them, and the DeAndre Hopkins was on ninety seven, I mean, if you're always going to struggle being the third wide receiver behind those two but yeah he's leaving a lot to be desired at the minute and people would have invested in him in uh in in fantasy hoping for a um a showing with with this offense but yeah he's uh he's not he's not impressed at all really yeah one name if you're really short on tight ends darren fells two targets two receptions 20 yards and two tds he's not one that's going to be your sort of week and week you want that guy to come in as a starter but if you're struggling on a buy he is a name that you could consider i don't know what his weeks have been like this season but last season i remember with the the browns he was one that came in and tight ends as him he can block and then he can run and go catch and Offensive coordinators and both QBs seem to have been a fan, both with the Browns and based on sort of the highlights I saw of this game, they liked him there. So uh, it's one to keep an eye on as a desperation play if you need him later this season. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, he's got three touchdowns on the year so far. Um, I mean, him him, and same with the the other, the youngster that's there as well, uh, Jordan Akins. You'll have difficult decision each week deciding which one to put in the lineup, and it could be that neither of them do anything in a week but yeah I think in that sort of offense you're always looking for someone who can give you that that boom game uh, and if like say if you're desperate it is well worth uh, it's well worth a go <clears throat> we will uh we'll move on to the next game which was uh, another good game Buccaneers versus the Saints the Bucks came uh, sorry the Saints came out on top of this one 31-24 um first off most surprising stat of this Mike Evans was shut down Three targets and zero catches on the day. I mean, we've seen 
through most of the weeks. The this Saints offer, uh, defense is legit, um, and they did show that against well shutting down Evans. But again, if you shut down Evans, Godwin's going to perform, and vice versa. Godwin had his day today. Seven touch, seven catches, 125 yards, and two touchdowns. Jameis Winston, he is an interesting quarterback to say the least I mean one week he absolutely blows it up another week he is back to his old ways 204 yards two touchdowns no in, no interceptions but in fact he had two interceptions but they were both called back for penalties um, but yeah I mean he, he's a risk in your lineup because you don't know what to expect from him uh, he's a risk to the Buccaneers because you don't know what to expect from him. I like him. I think he has got the talent there. He just seems to continue to make silly little errors. I've gone big on the Bucks um, for this week, so uh, yeah, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna deliver when he comes to London. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of the running backs, they're a mess. Don't touch them. Yeah. Um, a- anyone sitting there coming out with an answer is lying to you. And the risk of like Godwin versus Evans, it was a bit like I remember a few years ago in uh, fantasy Blake Bortles. One week he was putting up 35 points and the next week he's putting up less than 10. And you just can't risk that in a position of, is it going to be a boom week or a bust week? You want that sort of consistency. So, um, yeah, it's a risky one. Um, but, uh, yeah, anytime you see Jameis Winston with zero in the interception column, you have to wonder what happened. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it has looked a bit better for him so far this year, but he's he's lucky to come away without any this week. Um, you mentioned about the running game. Uh, Ronald Jones does look like he is the main, well, I'd say the main guy. He's the preferred guy, and he, in my opinion, he is the better running back, but he's difficult to trust in fantasy because you've got Peyton Barber there. He still got eight touches and he got the touchdown today. It's an area that, unless you're desperate, you should be avoiding, um, especially when neither of them are performing amazingly. I mean, Jones had a, a, a half-decent game last week, but it's another, it's another position. It's another play, couple of players who you can't trust week in, week out. Moving on to the Saints. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had a day today, uh, which, was, which was nice to see. Um, this is the first time since... 2015, I think it was the last game of 2015 that he's passed for over 200 yards. Obviously, he's had the gruesome injury that kept him out for a long time, but he finished the day on 314 yards, four touchdowns and one interception. And he looked good. Um, he looked a bit shaky last week um, against the Cowboys, but he, he impressed for most of the game yesterday. And it was nice to see. Um, it was nice to see for him. It wasn't so nice to see if you're not a Saints fan, because obviously... That that offense, that team is a legit team, and they are they are a contender this year, um, and they haven't even got their main quarterback out there. Um, Alan Kamara continues to do what he does. Um, he didn't get a touchdown today, but he still finished over 100 yards from scrimmage. He got 62 on the ground and 42 in the air. He is a reliable player week in and week out. And then Michael Thomas, I mean, 100, uh, 182 yards and two touchdowns says it all. He is. An impressive player. I don't know if you if you saw the touchdown, Jack, but there was the uh, the play where the Bucks defender went to tackle him, and he just sort of bodied him, and then span another guy and just went into the end zone. I mean, granted, the Bucks guy should have wrapped him up, but it was still you got to you got to be admire that sort of play. No, he had a good day, and it's good to see them two getting on the same page. Teddy finally being able to throw deep is a uh, big change. I think it was four four on passes over twenty yards. So uh, he's bringing that more to his game. Um, but no, it's, uh, yeah, Alvin Kamara, Thomas, um, Bridgewater, all good fun. Still, I sort of haven't seen any rough time frame for Breeze coming back. But um, no, Teddy remains one that uh, you want to get a share of. And if he keeps playing well, then w- will Breeze retire potentially after this season and Teddy become the full-time starter or will Teddy get moved? Um, yeah. It's definitely one to keep an eye on because teams will come knocking at your door if Breeze is back before the trade deadline. Definitely, and he must be. I mean, he must be happy that he decided to turn down the Dolphins in the off season. Now, I mean, not playing for that team and and now starting for the Saints, he's got to be. He's got to be happy with that decision, even if it is for the short term. I think the only other thing for this one, from a fantasy perspective, for me is uh, Latavius Murray. He's been very disappointing so far this year, which is going to hurt a lot of people because. Considering he is essentially a backup running back, people paid 
a top 10 draft bit, a draft round pick for him and he's not done anything really I mean he got seven touches today and 28 yards but he's just sort of almost non-existent which is surprising considering how much they've relied on the run game in the last couple of years Uh, we will move on though to the next game uh, which is the Vikings at the Giants oh the Giants Daniel Jones was back to his uh what everyone said coming out in the draft so it's Minnesota 28 New York Giants 10 so we'll start with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, whatever Adam Thielen said, um, people can have their own opinions on it, but it worked with Kirk Cousins. He was throwing him the ball all the time. So 130 yards and two TDs. Um, Carl Rudolph is now booked to go on the podcast and have a go at Kirk Cousins next week. Um, Dalvin Cook had a day um, rushing for 132 yards. Um, catching 86 he was having a monster day I would still stash Matteson I've stashed him in a league he got 52 yards um but Dalvin Cook could go down at any time and where we get later in the season this is an offense that is relying on the run game so stash him you never know Kirk Cousins 306 yards two TDs He's always been a player that if you're playing against a really bad team, start him. If he is against a team that is oh, um, 500 or plus, do not even consider putting him in your lineup. He is great at destroying the lightweight teams, rubbish against the good teams. Um, so I know that Diggs, 44 yards, only three receptions from four targets. Um, but no, it's, it's one that there was a lot of feasting to be had. Um, they're against a poor team, so the run game was obviously going to come um, because New York Giants were always going to bottle it. Yeah, I think like I fully agree with you on the uh, on the Cook Madison front. Um, I thought I would say at this point Madison is probably the best backup out there because he has looked very good when he's come in, and you'd be confident with the amount of work that Cook has been getting and the how much they seem to be wanting to run the ball that if Cook went down for whatever reason, and we've seen it multiple times in his short career, Madison is gonna is gonna get his in that in that offense and be a very reliable player. Um Diggs is just not getting what he wants, is he? I mean, all this trade talk and him kicking off publicly, I mean it worked for Feeling, but it definitely isn't working for Diggs. Another from the sort of investment you made in him, it's another poor performance. Yeah, it's risky, um, but I could easily see this as one that switches around next week and Diggs has a day and Thielen doesn't. Anytime you've got two really big names, um, it's always risky unless they're both getting fed. Yeah, same situation really as in in Tampa, isn't it? Yep, it's one that could happen. Over to the Giants. There was a stat from PFF. It's something like pass a grade of a four, not a 44, not anything else. He had an absolute mare. Go listen to the PFF forecast there. They dropped the exact stat on there, but it was shocking. Um, Daniel Jones, 182 yards, one TD, one interception. Um, nothing in the rushing game. Wayne Gorman went out with a concussion. The news, obviously, the only bit of news is Saquon Barkley this week looks close, so he could be back next week, which is mental. Um, I don't know what the guy is made of, but uh, yeah, he... He should have been out for a good sort of four to eight weeks, and uh, he is coming back. The receiving game was just messy. Um, the only one over 50 yards was Darius Slayton, who got 62 yards and one TD. So, um, yeah, avoid it. Golden Tate's obviously back, got um, six targets, but only three receptions for 13 yards. Might be one to monitor. Um, but even that, I'm not sure I'm going to trust it. Evan Ingram, six receptions for 11 targets for 42 yards. Had a great start. Not there at the minute. Um, yeah, it's one that Saquon or Gongon, there's nothing else there. Yeah, definitely. Saquon or bust, really. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah he's, a, he's a different kettle fish as well. I mean, how you come back from a high ankle sprain in three weeks is madness, but he seems well on the way to be able to do that, so... I think that's uh, probably about it for that game, really. Um, so we'll move on to the first UK game of the year um, and the first ever NFL game at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 
the Bears Raiders. Um, and the Raiders actually came over this one 24 21 um, winners, which was somewhat surprising. I mean, we've, we've all seen the Bears struggle on the offense this year and they struggled for much of the game again today. They started the first half incredibly poorly, um, totaling 44 yards. Chase Daniels seems about the same as Trubisky was before he went down. So It's an upgrade. It's a, a certain upgrade. I would say it's an upgrade at this point, yeah, but still not, not enough for this sort of, especially the Bears. I mean, this is a team that mo- many people were saying should have been contending and the way they're going at the moment that isn't that isn't looking likely as much as defense are trying to keep them in it there's only so much even they can do um from stat point of view i mean alan robinson had a good day 97 yards and two touchdowns off of seven tar- um seven receptions um montgomery he's not impressing as much as people would hope he got a touchdown today but that really saved his day he only finished with 25 yards and 11 touchdowns uh, Sorry, an 11 attempt. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's not a great deal to talk about from, from this. Like I say, the defence are one of the best in the league, but they can only hold them in the game for so long um, and they can only be on the field for so long. Yeah, they lost that game in the first half, unfortunately. As much as the Raiders tried to surrender the game in the second half because they all fell apart drastically in the second half um, after looking so impressive. I mean, they were 17-0 up at one point, so... That really says it all as to how their second half went. Josh Jacobs looked phenomenal. 123 yards and two touchdowns off of 26 attempts. I mean, he's he's looking very good. He's had probably, I think he's had one poor game this year, coming from a rookie. Um, and you're not named Saquon Barkley. If you're having a day like this and you're having a season like this, then you're going to be happy. Um, and he got a bit more play in the passing um, game. Uh, three three catches for 20 yards. There wasn't really much else to talk about from the uh, from the pass inside of things, to be honest. Derek Carr didn't really do a great deal, finished with 229 yards. And yeah, like I say, no no real players of note. Um, Darren Waller was quiet. But yeah, like I say, they almost lost it. Um, tre- the Trevor Davis fumble at the goal line must have been a real kicker, uh, not only for him, but for the for the whole of the Raiders. And like, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to take away from this game. What about you? It was devastating watching the second half because I had the under and um, yeah, it fell apart. Despite looking phenomenal, finished the first quarter, it was nil-nil. I'm thinking, yay, we're having a day here. Um, I obviously benched Josh Jacobs and that's why it went off. So um, yeah, it was a uh, all-round disaster for me. But yeah, Josh Jacobs um, is a solid um, player. Um, but yeah, Derek Carr, I still don't trust the guy in Chicago's offense. It is too risky. Um, I like Montgomery um, and the first game of the season, he looked really good, had some good runs, but was barely used. There's just too much of a committee there. It's uh, it's dangerous around that game. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think Montgomery is more of a dynasty player than he is for a redraft at the moment. He's just too too difficult to trust. Um, yeah, you just can't rely on them, unfortunately. Um, but we will move on to the next game, which is back over to Jack, Jets versus Eagles. So Jets versus Eagles um, was a defensive display, mainly because the Jets wrote it off before this week even started. So one of the most bizarre things going into this game I'd seen is that all the snaps this week didn't go to Falk. They went to Sam Darnold. Um, which when you're starting QB of a team and they give you no snaps going into um, game week, you are going to be in a dangerous position. And it really did show. Um, Luke Falk, two interceptions, 120 yards. And was there fumbles? I think we had a few. Um, Two, I think. Yeah, two fumbles. He lost one of them. Um, So, yeah, it, it was a messy, messy game from them. Um, Bell 43, um, nothing, uh, 45 in the air. So Bell got an okay score to um, near to the 10 in sort of standard. Um, but yeah, nothing there. Um, Bell is the only play in this team. Um, they're a mess. They're uh, gunning for the number one pick. Yeah, it's uh, the only way um, they're going to get a win is when they play the Dolphins. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah they're not looking great, and I don't think even when Darnold comes back in, they're gonna they're gonna look much better. I mean, 
the Gase is, is not a good offensive coach and he's shown that in Miami and I just don't understand why they brought him in. But I think a lot of people are going to be frustrated by Bell. Like you say, I mean, he did have a, a reasonable game, but it's not a reasonable game when he's a f- first-round pick, which a lot of people put 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 that investment into him. And even for a second-round pick, you'd have been disappointed. Hopefully when Darnold comes back, he starts to perform a little better. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see, unfortunately. Yeah, there's some juice in PR with the seven um, receptions. But yeah, in a standard format, it was always going to be risky um, with it being just such a bad offense. Yeah, definitely. Carson Wentz was a surprise on the other side of the ball. Only 189 yards and one TD. Um, So I was expecting uh, more from the the guy. um, But it was always going to be more of a running game um, and sort of slow rolling once um, they got the lead. And the fact that they got defensive touchdown um just sort of sucked all life out of the offense for fantasy jordan howard the vulture um 62 yards and one td took my uh miles sanders snaps with nine attempts for 15 yards um so yeah messy backfield still i i still think miles sanders is a go out there and grab him player um as we get nearer the end of this season the time you guys are doing playoffs um Miles Sanders is probably going to be the uh, standout back there so I still think there's value to go and buy him especially after a week like that um receiving still not great um Miles Sanders to get 49 yards receiving um Alshon Jeffrey 52 yards and Zach Ertz 57 yards in the TD I mark the only real note is whoever's playing the Jets it's a good defense to pick up that was pretty much the only note of the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Wentz didn't really need to do much today, like you say, but people will be a bit disappointed with the uh, with him being one of the top quarterbacks in uh, in fantasy. But yeah, this there's, there's not there, there wasn't much for this game, and I think the writing was on the wall as soon as we heard that Darnold wasn't ready, going to be ready this week. So uh, we will move on, unfortunately, to the uh, Ravens versus Steelers. This one was a bit of a painful one to watch in the end for me. Uh, the Ravens won out 23, 26, sorry, 26, 23 winners with the overtime win. Main takeaway, I mean, everyone has probably heard and most have seen the Mason Rudolph injury. I mean, he got hit hard. Um, thankfully, uh, he came out of hospital and stayed at home last night, but he's, he's obviously in the concussion protocol and is likely going to miss at least next week. Um, so, yeah, light up. Evelyn Hodges, the undrafted rookie. Um, and to be fair, he looked all right um, in the short time that he was on. Seven completions with, um, with 68 yards. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it just gets worse for us, unfortunately. Um, Juju had a good day, seven, seven receptions, 75 yards and a touchdown. But, unfortunately, he had the ball punched out from him by Humphreys, which led to the field goal. So, yeah, a bit of a sour note for him to end it on. Um, and Connor came back from his uh, his poor start to the year, at 55 yards and a touchdown off of 14 attempts. But unfortunately, again, just like some of the other teams that have got a backup quarterback, it's hard to rely on these offensive players when you've got this when you've got Mason Rudolph or Devlin Hodges behind them because they they are, they haven't looked bad, but they they also haven't looked good. So. Yeah, I, I don't really want to talk about that too much. <laughs> yeah, it was grim. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, the defence is looking very impressive. Um, and it shows on Lamar's stats that they put pressure on him and they hounded him all day. Um, Lamar Jackson finished with 161 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. Uh, he did get 70 yards on the ground off of 14 attempts. But yeah, I think this is this is the first game this year that he's looked real shaken in the in the in the backfield. Um, he's looked good most of, well, pretty, pretty much the whole year so far. But yeah, I mean, the Steelers really took it to him today. Five sacks and like say three, three interceptions. So I haven't been that impressed with Lamar this third week running um, against the Chiefs. He did some silly stuff and luckily mm. got away with it through drops and other stuff against the Browns. He just didn't look himself. And then, yeah, this week again, he obviously had the fantastic starts of the season against the, uh, like high school team the Miami Dolphins um and yeah it's uh I he, he's good in fantasy um as long as he's not throwing away three interceptions a game 
But um, he's better than people gave him credit for last year. I'm still not sure what route he's going to go. And I still think there needs to be some work around him. Um, but yeah, the, the big surprise for me is Mark Ingram. He's been really, really solid all season. And then uh, 44 yards and one TD on 19 attempts. Um, they just never got it going. No, definitely. I think you're right on the Jackson thing. He's gone back to a bit like what it was like last year. He's relying, you're relying on him in the rushing game for him to have a good fantasy day. Um, and people got far too overexcited first two weeks. Dolphins and the Redskins, I mean. Just look at those two teams. Everyone's going to have a good day against them. Don't get me wrong. He looked very impressive in those two games. Like You can't take that away from him, but... But this is the sort of game that you are going to get sometimes, especially when you come up against a, a upper tier defense, which I think the Steelers look like they have met that they may have, which is good because it's going to be the one thing that may keep us in some games. Because at the moment, well, not even at the moment, this is a lost season for us. No matter what happens now, um, I can't I can't see much coming from it. Not in this division. I mean, if Lamar can sort himself out, the Ravens are going to be up there, and obviously the Browns, the Browns should be up there as well. So, but yeah, it was telling that the Steelers lost in overtime to a Justin Tucker kick. I mean, that guy just doesn't miss, even when yeah. it looks like he was going to. He's a phenomenal kicker. I think you might correct me here. It was some insane stat I saw after the Fitzpatrick trade: is eight first-round picks on the Pittsburgh defense, something like that. It's uh, it's it's mad. Yeah, Quite. so. Artie Burns, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, the guy we drafted last year, Edmonds. Edmonds yeah. Questions are whether he's actually first round talent. Yeah, but he, he was, was no, a first but he was first round pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Haywood. No, was he a first or a third? I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think there might be. I can't remember all of them at the moment. Yeah. It's, uh, and the, uh, keep an eye on the Baltimore defense. It's not anything it's cracked up to be. It's not been good this season. Um, I think it's, bottom three in the league in some metrics um so yeah the excitement around it is not holding up so uh yeah if you've got them potentially look for what else is out there exactly it's always been the scheme for them and me and stocks mentioned it in the off season that the scheme is what uh is what makes them look better than they are but yeah they lost a lot of key pieces and they're struggling to to put it together unfortunately but we will uh we'll move swiftly on because like i say i can't really talk about Steelers much more i might start crying <laughs> uh but yeah we will go on to the bills versus titans which was a thrilling game for everybody even more depressing than the last <laughs> game so uh buffalo eked it out 14-7 against the tennessee titans to go four and one that yeah you heard me right the four and one buffalo bills um josh allen um 219 yards passing, two TDs and one interception, another 27 yards on the ground. Um, yeah, he, um, an okay day. Um, he's not sort of producing the sort of exciting fantasy numbers we saw at the end of last season, but they are in his locker. Um, he just, yeah, has the odd interception. Um, Frank Gore, it was some insane stat, like was it his 200th style or something um, this weekend? So, uh what a career, but only 60 yards. Um, so we're now going to see the return of single Terry. I think that's how I said. So yeah, he should be by this week. Yeah. Uh, move over. Um, Frank Gore, um, changes coming. Um, and then, yeah, on the, um, passing game, John Brown remains a player. I keep playing 75 yards or five receptions, five targets. Um, they they just his value there is, is sort of main, go-to guy he's going to get targets he's going to get yards and occasionally he'll get a touchdown so I think there's still value to John Brown it weren't a great game but seven and a half um, points in standard scoring he's going to do a job for you D Williams I'm not even going to try on the first name got the TD and 29 yards but literally everything other than uh, you only want to be playing John Brown um, and potentially Josh Allen and with single tree Terry back it's potentially one to uh keep in there because there's going to be injuries. Um, so you might play him, but certainly through a bye, maybe later on in the season. Yeah, so it's the uh, both Allen and Singletary slash Gore are the right sort of matchups, I think. Yeah, and John Brown, I got him early in the season. There was not much love for him in most of the drafts I was in. Um, so yeah, I was stashing him left, right and centre. And uh, he just does a job. If you, need, if you need a wide receiver, just give him a go. Yeah, definitely. I think that's about it for that one. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Titans just got... This was two good defences, um, I think is the main takeaway from this. We we knew this it was going to be a low-scoring game coming in, um, and and it was. And, yeah, there's not really much at all to take away from Tennessee, from my point of view, barring Derek Henry, despite the fact they got stuffed most of the day, still come out with 78 yards and a touchdown. But, yeah, no, I have, I have nothing else really tied to this game. So we should probably move quickly on uh, to the Broncos Chargers, which was... Also, not the best game. So, this was a game I was loving straight out of the gates when it went 14-0 to Denver because Denver um, got six and a half on the spread. Um, so, it was nuts coming into the week because I like the Chargers, but a six and a half spread for Denver, I was getting on that. So, as soon as the start was in, I was having a whale of a time. But, yeah, the Broncos, Joe Flacco is still unreliable as ever. Um 182 yards, one TD, one interception. Don't trust the guy. Never will trust him. Uh, running backs, Philip Lindsay had an absolute day and made some really nice runs. So 114 yards, one TD. Royce Freeman, 61 yards. So remains solid in there as well. Um, not quite his day, but still not bad production. Um, wide receivers, Cortland Sun, it was all day long. 92 yards, one TD. Manuel Sanders, if you played him, I played him in one of my leagues. Um, nine yards on one target and one reception, so not good at all. Philip Lindsay, another 33 yards in the air. So, um, no, Philip Lindsay, have yourself a day. Um, Colin Sutton remains a play. Um, but other than that, Royce Freeman, maybe stash him. Um, never play Joe Flacco. No, no, he is... Yeah, he's not reliable at all, unfortunately, and he hasn't been for he hasn't been for a while. But yeah, I think despite the split, um, it's still Lindsay is the uh, is the primary guy there that you should uh, you should be using in fantasy. Royce uh, Freeman looks looks capable, but yeah, Lindsay's the main guy for fantasy purposes in that in that uh, offense. And it's nice to see Sutton doing doing well because he he underperformed from many people's point of view last year. Um, so it's good. It's good that he's continued to put numbers up, even with Flacco throwing the ball to him. Yeah, no, it's uh, really impressive. Um, I traded him off in some deals to get uh, OBJ in Dynasty, but um, hey, I'm uh, happy to have OBJ. Even yeah, I was going to say <laughs> No, I think that's probably a good trade in Dynasty. To be honest, oh, there, there was a lot went into that trade. I completely overpaid, but <laughs> it was worth it because you only have so many roster spots. Exactly. Um, and then we flip over to the Chargers. Um, Philip Rivers, two interceptions, no TDs, 211 yards. He looked woeful. Um, it just wasn't working for him. Um, then the interesting one, and it's what all the debate comes down to, is the Eckler versus Gordon stuff. So Eckler, three rushes, seven yards, but then got all the air work. So 15 receptions for 86 yards. So if you're in PPR, you were loving that because that was points, points, points for the amount of receptions he got. If you're in standard, you're not going to be that impressed because it's dangerous. The fact that it's a 50-50 split basically with Gordon, who had 12 um, rushing attempts for 31 yards and then four for seven. So it's a very much 50-50 number split. I haven't got the snap counts, but you might be able to provide them. But Eckler's definitely getting the air. So... um, yeah, so Eckler, 66% of the snaps and Gordon, 46 um, But yeah, like, like you say, this is what many people expected it to look like. Um, Melvin running the ball and Eckler pa- catching the passes. Maybe not quite so much in the favour of Eckler in the passes because we do know and we have seen that Gordon can catch the ball. <sighs> maybe, that, that maybe they're still put, trying to sort of put him in slowly. Obviously, they take two months out. Maybe they're also punishing him, or but I don't know. It's a it's a split backfield. It's one that you've you've got to be conscious of. Um, Eckler's still a worthy player in fantasy, despite the presence of Gordon coming back. If he's going to be putting those sort of performances up, don't expect fifteen catches every week though. But he's reliable. Yeah, if you're in a PPR format and you've got someone that's not paying full attention, I would be getting on the blower to them and offering them Eckler in a deal just because they might look at his numbers and think, oh, he's still holding up. Let's go for it. 
those numbers are not going to be sustainable. I think it's going to be much more of a normal 50-50 split. So uh, if you can get the value on Eckler just with those 15 receptions, each adding a point, then uh, it might be worth having that sort of punt and moving him and seeing what's out there. Yeah, definitely. Cool. We'll move on to the second from last game, which is the Packers at the Cowboys. And the Packers won this one at 34-24. And, I mean, the main talking point from the Packers side is got to be Aaron Jones. Uh, 182 yards from scrimmage and four rushing touchdowns. This guy feasted all day. He actually, and he contributed over half of the total yardage for the Packers half over half and yeah I traded him away this week <laughs> it's it's interesting and to be honest it's probably I would I would still trade him if the if someone came to me because he's still not getting all the snaps despite the fact that uh Jamal Williams was out injured Trey Carson still have 32 percent of the snaps I mean what does Jones need to do to become the workhorse for the Packers because he is by far and away the best talent. Maybe they don't want to just keep him fresh, but I mean, come on, he is so much better than anyone else they've got there. Yeah, it was last week. Um, it might have actually been just before last week's games. Yeah, I sent uh, Aaron Jones and DJ Shark for Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. So uh, I love that trade. Yeah. Um, it made me very happy, but I will happened to be playing the guy that I sent Aaron Jones to this week. So karma did come and bite me. Um, but hey, I, it's going to hopefully be worth it in the long run. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd say that's still a win-win, to be honest. <laughs> when he got turf tome, uh, the rumours was he might be out for eight weeks. Well, that, yeah. Felt like the uh, the whole world collapsing around me because I have a habit of whoever I trade for ends up on IR a week later. Yeah, and I think... That probably showed in Rogers' play the fact that Adams wasn't there. Two hundred and thirty-eight yards and no no touchdowns, no interceptions. He started the season very slowly. He's not really looked amazing at all, but he manages the game so well. He doesn't need to light it up, and that's the that's the best thing about him. But yeah, from fantasy, he's he's, a, he's another quarterback that isn't performing the way you would hope with the uh, investment that you made in him. It wouldn't surprise me if Randall Cobb's back here next season. That's uh, just a ridiculous prediction and um, keep an eye on Randall Cobb to be back in a Packers uniform next year that is, that is an interesting it's a good segue back over to the Cowboys because that is his current team despite the fact I don't know if he played yesterday I mean if he did he didn't do much but let's have a look uh, yeah sorry he got 53 for free but I was sort of more focused on the first two I mean Amari Cooper 11 receptions 226 yards and a touchdown and and on top of that, Michael Gallup got seven receptions, 113 yards of the touchdown. I mean, that Prescott threw for 463 yards yesterday, but still looked poor. <laughs> I mean, because he's, he's threw three interceptions. And again, he's another player, another quarterback that people got very, very excited about. But they had an easy schedule to start the year. I mean, they had Miami, they had Redskins, and they also had... The Giants. Was it the Giants? Yeah. I mean, come on. If you're going to play those three teams, you're going to look good. I like Prescott, and I've written an article about him, and I do think by the end of the year he'll be a top 10 quarterback, but he's got to he's got to sort of shake off and perform a lot better against these big teams. And two weeks in a row now, he's he's struggled. I mean, it's, it's, when you throw for 463 yards, it's difficult to say someone's struggled, but he's not done as well as he could do. That may well have today been the fact that Tyron Smith was missing through injury and they also then lost, um, I can't say his first name, Collins, uh, the guard. Is it the guard? But, yeah, Lyle I mean, Collins. Lyle, yeah, Lyle Collins, yeah. But, I mean, he got hit eight times. He got sacked three times and, like I say, three, three interceptions. They didn't actually score in the first half um, and they missed a field goal. Uh, so, yeah, it was they, they just got to get it together and they've got to do it quickly because these are the sort of games that they need to get the, the result from. I mean, they're still 3-2 and two and they'll still make the playoffs, but they need to improve because these are the sort of teams they're going to be playing in the playoffs and they're not going to make it very far if they can't get their um, get their act together against them. But apart from that, I mean, Zeke he, he he was okay. 12 attempts on the ground, 62 yards and a touchdown and then 29 yards through the air. Um but yeah, not 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 much more to take away from this game. I don't know if you've got if you've got much on this one. Just uh, 
Jason Witten's one that's flirting with sort of that desperate need of uh, picking up a random tight end each week. Did not have a good game of uh, four targets, three receptions for 29 yards. But um, yeah, I wouldn't get too hyped up on what we saw from Gallup, Cooper and Dak. Um, it, w- it was a disaster the first half and I was loving it. I had the uh, Green Bay plus four, Denver plus 6.5 and then the under on this. And up until the third quarter, I was set for a massive payout and it all fell apart. Um, Dak ruined my day. Um, so yeah, I still don't trust the guy. Um, the numbers are insane, but yeah, it was messy as hell. So um, yeah, it's one that Pollard didn't have a great game today, but has been doing really well for them. So um, yeah, I think it was going into this week, the offense has been more productive with Pollard in at running back than Ezekiel Elliott, which uh, is crazy. And obviously yeah. quite a small sample size, but um, it's one to keep an eye on. I've, I've got Pollard stash in the league where I've got Madison as well, just prepping for potentially one of them two guys going down later in the season. So um, yeah, Pollard is a stash um, because he, he's produced some more right numbers in different ways. Yeah, he has. Yeah. And he'll, he'll, like we say, he'll get the full workload if Elliot does miss any more time. But we will uh, move on to our final game of the night. And that was the late game, the Colts versus the Chiefs. This was an absolute shocker. Um, <laughs> the Colts won 19-13. Um, it was mainly on their defence. Um, Jacoby Brissett, 151 yards and one TD. Um, so it didn't do much. Marlon Mack, who was literally a game-time call, was called active and went for 132 yards rushing and 16 in the air. So he was literally the only player for the Colts who was worthy of starting. Everyone else was a bad play. Um, it was as simple as that. No one, their biggest receiver was Naheen Hines for 46 yards in the air um, to pair with his minus one yard on the ground. Um, so literally it was Mac and nothing else. T.Y. Hilton was a uh, game day caller's um, fit and only got, 37 yards off four receptions. So, yeah, it was messy, messy, messy. But um, they did have a hell of a game on the defence. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm very surprised the Chiefs lost this, but the Colts' game plan was very, very impressive. Keep Mahomes off the pitch. That is the only way that you are probably going to beat the Chiefs. And the fact you can see from Max Carey's 29 and Wilkins' 7 and... The rushing is what kept them off, and also the defense. The defense was did their jobs well, considering the fact that they were lose that they lost, that they didn't have a lot of their key pieces in the defense. The Colts defense they did very very well. Um, it's another iffy game. I mean, Mahomes does Mahomes things, and I mean, just some of the passes he makes are ridiculous. But they need the running game to improve because there's only so much Mahomes can do if there's no rushing game there even as good as he is the defenses are gonna they're gonna scheme to him and they're not gonna he's not gonna be able to do it week in and week out if he's if he happens to be relied on so much and the fact they didn't have Hill either unfortunately who has hopefully back soon or Watkins um with both big misses the fact yeah. that I was even wondering who Byron Pringle was this morning when I woke up. Says a lot about um, how that game went down. Kelsey got 70 yards, but not great for him. Demarcus Robinson, who's come up with some really big plays, got 31 yards off three. Um, McColt Hardman, 79 off four. Um, The one thing to keep an eye on, and he he did come back into the game, and uh, from what I can see, didn't miss any snaps, was Mahomes' ankle injury. Everything looked a bit downhill from there and wasn't getting out of the pocket and causing chaos. And when he was staying in the pocket, the Colts definitely had a lot more fun on defense. So um, it's one to keep an eye on. As far as we're aware, everything's A-OK with him. But um, certainly one to keep an eye of. It might not be quite as explosive next week if he's not fully fit. But all signs are pointing towards him being fine. Yeah, he just got hit so many times in the, in the backfield and... You're always gonna you're always gonna be hurting if that's the case. So yeah, I think you can sort of just write this game off really. Um the Colts are not the Colts, sorry, the Chiefs are probably 
bar the Patriots, the most impressive team in the AFC, and they're gonna. It, that's likely going to be the AFC Championship come come January. So one thing to note is Adam Vinatieri four field goals. The longest was thirty two yards and one extra point. He is worth an add because any time you've got an offense that's occasionally stuttering like the Colts, it means it's going to end up in more field goal chances. And when there's more field goal chances, the kickers are going to have fun. So Vinatieri, despite rumours of a retirement a couple of weeks ago after a poor start to the season. He's done the business and um, might be one to keep an eye on if you just need a uh, kicker. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a good shout. Kickers, as we all know, are, are uh, an interesting game in fantasy. And Vinatieri is one of the best, like you say, despite the, uh, the struggles early doors. He's, he's been very good over the last two weeks. But we will, uh, well, I think we're going to finish it there. We've, uh, we've done all the Sunday games. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, Jack. Do you want to tell the uh, fans where they can find you? Um, I'm on Twitter. It's at Jack Duffin, J-A-C-K-D-U-F-F-I-N. Most of my work is all salary cap related for different teams, mainly focusing on the Browns. But um, yeah, we pop out regular podcasts. By all means, um, pop over to my Twitter. Any cap questions, I'm always happy to help out, answer any questions do loads of stuff across the league, so uh, not just Browns. Um, but you'll hear me coming out with some uh, strong takes on uh, players that should stay, players that should move. Um, I'm never afraid to give a take. And you can find us at the Five Yard Rush website. We've uh, released two articles this evening. One is on the Jay Gruden reaction from, from the boys um, and also our weekly waiver wire. You can find me at a, on Twitter at addicted to underscore FS. That is the uh, number two. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Thank you very much for joining me, um, Jack. And from all of us at Five Yards, until next time, Rush Nation, keep on rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 